All right, welcome to Don't Be an Idiot, everyone. We're just going to get going. We got a show, a hell of a show for you today. It's number 84. Coming in hot. We got the energy through the roof right now. Yo, Albert just did a, uh, I've never heard him do this, and he did it, and it just blew my mind. He did a little Beatles impression. I think it was supposed to be John Lennon, and I just, I've known this man for literally 35 years. I've never heard I never him do knew this. John Lennon, no. And like, look, so can you just give everyone a taste? Actually, no, you know why? Because I meant Paul McCartney. I was thinking Paul McCartney, but I was saying John Lennon. No, no, you were saying Paul because you're like, Paul. Paul. So that was you being John Lennon talking to Paul. That's what I was imagining. Paul. Yeah, go ahead. I forget what I was going to say. Paul. John Lennon. <laughs> Good know. to know you, mate. Don't know if that's a good Beatles impression. <laughs> we weren't a Beatles family. I know. I, I know, know. I know. I know. We growing well, up. Let me hear we your Bruce. Very different. You must have a Bruce Springsteen impression then, because you're a Bruce family. Yeah, we were a big Bruce fan. Big right, like, a... Mary Ann, <laughs> the toilet's clogged. <laughs> I didn't. Oh man, I didn't know you could make the audience come in while we're live. That was just I random. Love that. That, that was, was great. That was left over from the last episode. Actually, that's so funny. <laughs> Just good timing. Let's see how many times we can use that tonight. Okay. Um, I, I have a Paul, but it's kind of based off of um, Dana Carvey does an amazing Paul McCartney impression. Let's hear that. But um, it's something like, you know, like, you know, then I sat down and I did a little ding-a-ling-a-ling and then I came out. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with yesterday. It was something like that. He's like, you know, we used to dibble-dabble in the orchestra too. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm- laughs> It's Songs hard. were easier to write when there weren't as many of them out there. <laughs> that is good. That is so good. It's kind of a mix of all of the Beatles plus an Australian guy and like a homeless dude. It's kind of that that, yes, that dude, perfect that combination. It can be very hard for other people to to do. Um, you just I, I like to speak all languages at once. That's, yeah, that's like Albert's thing. English and Australian. <laughs> All the languages. Both at the same time. Well, for those of you whose first time it is, don't be in... Oh! <laughs> Knock my computer over. <laughs> don't be an idiom is a word history show. So we take... You know, phrases that you hear all the time, and then you say, oh, I wonder where that comes from, and then we go and try to figure out if there's a definite origin. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I actually have an anecdote to go along with the purpose of the Perfect. show for any new Perfect. listeners. So uh, Albert and I are teachers. He's an elementary school teacher, and I'm a high school teacher. And I was doing, I was doing some research during school on oh. today's idiom, and there was a, another teacher in the room, and I was like, oh, hey you know, have you heard this phrase? And oh, he's like, he's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, but do you hear it very often anymore? And he's like, no, I guess like I don't hear it often anymore. Yeah. And then the girl, uh, a girl in my class, um, by the way, this wasn't like a class I was teaching. It was a study hall. So it's not like I was not doing work. It's like all the cool kids. So they're just, they're just sitting they're in just there. Just hanging out. We're all just killing being time. Being kids. And she was like, that's a simile. I know I'm giving it away a little bit. What the idiom is. Oh, I've run into these types. So she's like, that's a simile. And I'm like, yeah, but that's okay. There's a lot of idioms, idioms that similes. are similes. Yes. Like some of the most famous idioms are similes. And she's like... Dead as a doornail. And she's like, what's an, what's no, an wait, idiom? That's not. 
And then another girl in my class who was not even in the conversation, <laughs> she was like, an idiom is a common phrase particular to, you know, um, like a, a specific language or region, you know? And I was like, like yeah, yes, thanks, Daria. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> no, I thought it was great. No, it is great. I'm just saying like, We've been doing this show for 84 episodes and still when people are like, what's an idiom? I'm like, well, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like a phrase stuck in time. Yeah. But then this girl was like, but I've never heard that. Uh, you know, the idiom that like, you said. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, okay, but like, that doesn't make me, oh, that doesn't mean it's not a, a right, common phrase. Right. She's like, but you're saying it's common and I've never heard that phrase you're talking about. Yeah, I was but like, it's like, okay. yeah, you're like 18. It's like if TikTok doesn't say it, you don't care. Oh, that makes you sound old. I know, but I'm just saying. It's like, what do you think you've heard everything at 18? They or call seven? it the How ticky, old are they? They call it the ticky ticky talk. And but my thing is this, <laughs> it's like also young people don't use like I feel like Okay, here's the thing. So when we were little, cartoons and like adults and stuff would be saying stuff and we would repeat them. Mm -hmm. Like, and you didn't really know what it was. It was like kind of a feeling, right? But now I feel like kids now, they don't repeat what their parents and like adults say. Now it's just like all this TikTok crazy shit. And it's just like, so they're not like as used to idioms, I feel like. But sure. They don't even pay attention to us. Listen, I. I'm not happy I'm that not, we're talking I'm about not, TikTok. No, right no, now. no. Or YouTube, whatever. <laughs> no, but I mean, they they're making up their own language so fast. Oh, well, it's like of course that's what they I'm saying. Have their own language. Yeah, but like but, it's know. coming fast. But I feel like in 20 years, like using old phrases will be cool. It'll come know? back around. Right. There's some people and actually, that overuse when we started it this, now and try to be cool. When we started this, we were young, and we were going to be a couple of young bucks that resurrected old idioms that, that you may was, have forgotten about. That was the that was part of the plan. It's part of the plan. So tonight, you know, we're not young anymore. Now we're old and irrelevant but um but we used to be young and very relevant <laughs> so relevant no but uh today after you've learned these these two idioms and you've learned the history behind them try to use them out in public well yeah that's you know? true try to use them that day because otherwise you'll forget you'll forget right and um and that way one of the pillars of this podcast you'll be helping to support yeah. And then like, just think if you use one kind of weird one later, somebody's going to be like, oh, that's that guy with that interesting vocabulary. And that's like, and then they go, I always remember that about him. I always remember that about that first time I met him. He said snakes in the closet. Yeah. Something, you know? Yeah. And that could be you. That could be you. And then like, and he's walking around thinking you're like smarter than him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just can have this air of sophistication that you didn't yeah. even know about. Yeah. yeah. And that's all free of charge. Yeah. You don't have to pay for this podcast unless you're a Patreon. No, but you should. It's <laughs> actually, great. That would, that actually. Would, yeah, actually, if you could contribute to our Patreon, we need so much money because we need a new computer and a new audio interface. Yes, we do. So we can have more than two microphones involved. And... um that requires big bucks. <laughs> it requires pool coming in. It requires pulls, big bucks. Big. So, um, but anyway, can we can figure it pound, out. If you, listen, if you, can't, cheese. if you can't afford to contribute to Patreon, that is totally fine. We appreciate totally. you listening. And people that can't afford it, they'll help out for but now. The money does feel good sliding out of your pocket. <laughs> and what a sensation. <laughs> Um, the other thing I was going to say was, oh, no, Albert, I completely forgot my thought. I thought what you were, were going to say, about? oh, no, there's something in that drink. I thought you were <laughs> warning me not to no. drink that. What were we talking about? 
probably it's idioms and stuff. Language. All right. Well, I know I know that we started a conversation that we, and we forget what the conversation was. It's going to come back around. So we'll just keep. It happens on, a lot on this show. Keep on plowing forward. But anyway, I think the point being that um, oh, I remember. So yeah, if you want to like, you can even go back to early episodes if you if this is um if you're a new listener, and start using those idioms. You know, that day you use those two idioms that you learned. Right. Yeah, you got to refresh yourself. It's like flashcards. <laughs> you know, you got to like. You, if you've been listening for all 84 episodes, you're probably like, if someone was like, what was the first, ep-? well, they might remember the first episode, but like, what, what idioms were you talking about earlier? I'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> we don't even know. That would be, you know, be uh, fun. How about Will- any reporters out there, journalists, New York Times, if anyone from New York Times is listening, maybe you write a little expose on us. And you can call us the flashcards of podcasts. Yo, that's good. We're doing your job for you, really. By the way, Ryan, I, you, I'm issuing you a challenge. I love this. By episode 85, let's each make it a point to try to use the idioms from our first episode. In the next episode? Use oh. it in real, life, in real life. And then okay. tell at the top of the show, be like, tell about your experience if anything mm, interesting that. happens. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, like because someone could say like, "You don't hear that one often," right? Or they you know? could just like they could just be like, "Huh, yeah." Well, you know what, Sarah Larkin Vasquez, she has always like since I've known her, since I was like maybe eighteen and she was twenty, she would always use "man alive" as a man phrase. Alive. Like, man alive, <laughs> and it's so cool. Like I love that about her. It's because it's um so unique, and for her to have been using it like twenty years ago when she was so young still. Because that's, that's like a, such a fifties and forties kind of um, phrase. Seems British to me. Man alive! Man alive! Well, I feel <laughs> like you're like people on. A... I, I, it feels good in British. Yeah, like yeah, it just it just seems like something like I can't imagine someone saying that not trying to be dramatic. Be like just sneaking a man alive, man alive. Yeah. <laughs> man alive. It's kind of nice doing it casual though. It's a it's like, a mouthful. Like someone's like, "Sir, you still owe me a hundred and eighty dollars." You're like. Man alive. Man alive. That is some breaking news to me. I hope I hope I can get it to you. I believe I left my wallet in the taxi. Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you could follow the example of Sarah and just uh, use those yeah. old idioms. And so today, I think we already covered it. You know what to do. So let's let's move on. We're in the top of the show. We're about to get to these idiom histories, but I just wanted to say, Albert, congratulations. I know you ran a really big race today. Oh, thank you and for y- saying you that. Pretty much hit your personal best, it I sounds I appreciate like. that. Yep. So we did. We did the Philly half marathon this morning. Nice. It was awesome. And my little brother, Jake, has inspired me. He's gotten more into running. So now like, I run with him and like, so cool doing this race with him. And he kept me like, he kept like us going and- like I, I said a personal best. It's just so cool. I love that my brother's got me back into yeah. it. It's been a nice bonding experience. That's so nice. So thank you. I appreciate Congrats, it. Man. I'd like to put on record. I love Jake like a brother. Jake. I love Jake. Is the man. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen him since he was a baby, and now I want to like hang out with him all the time. It's crazy. Jake is the man. He's like one of those guys where like, even if he's just kind of sitting there like chilling, you, if you're like, I wonder what he's thinking. I would, I would pay to see what's going on in Jake's head like all the time. Gladly, man. I'd buy a ticket to that. Totally. And then he's just like the chill guy. He's like, what's up, everybody? Meanwhile, Albert's like one of those, 
like outside of a car dealership, those like blowing <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, air right, things. Right. <laughs> right. It's like Albert, 24, not 24 hours a day, but for like a yeah. pocket of time and a pocket of the weekend. And in my head, I feel like I look like a cartoon that got electrocuted. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, because I feel so anxious. That's a really yeah. good description. So like, yeah, Jake's way chiller to hang out with. For but sure. anyway, thank you. It was great. It was. It, it felt great. Good job. What man. a day for a run. All right, so we're going to play the game to determine who goes first, who shares their idiom origin first, and then we're going to get to it. And then by the end of these, this episode, there might be an original song that accompanies it, because we do that sometimes. Might and probably definitely. Might prob deaf. Oh, and we should say that um, for our American listeners, Happy Thanksgiving... And last year we yes. made a Thanksgiving song. That was it. That was what and, we were supposed to talk about. It was kind of like a about. John Prine song about the. Wait, just what is it about? Can you tell? Because that was really good. Yeah. All right. He so came up with that. It's a Thanksgiving song about this guy that's singing about how there are no Thanksgiving songs. Right. And then he's like obviously like a loner and kind of depressed mm-hmm. that he kill. He ends up. I think he like accidentally kills uh-huh. himself. Yeah. Over like a solo Thanksgiving dinner yeah, alone. Right. Yeah. And then, though, when he goes to heaven, he finds that, like, he finds a box of records with all Thanksgiving songs, and he's so happy. <laughs> yeah. But then he realizes there's no record player, so he, he comes to the realization he's actually in hell. Yeah. So he's at Thanksgiving from hell. I love that. It's a very Twilight Zone, John Prime. Buggy. And thing. we get it done in, like, two minutes. Let's just play it during our break. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. we'll play it. All right, cool. And you can just fast forward if you don't want to hear it, but we're going to just... Yeah, that way you don't have to look for it. Fucking rules. We don't have to go back into the flashcards of this podcast, and you can just... You can hear it in the middle of the show. That's it's right. It's Thanksgiving song, okay? Yes, it is. So, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we are going to, for a Thanksgiving game for you, we're going to play Bunko. It's a three t- a three card dice game, mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't need to know all the all the uh, rules, but uh, one of us is gonna win. All right, let's get started. Okay, let the games begin. <laughs> One for the good guys. <laughs> well, you want me to keep talking, or you want no, to? Uh, do I think I'm going to talk. Um, well, Ryan, earlier you congratulated me on the run, and I just have to say that the Philadelphia half marathon, from soup to nuts, is a good time. Soup to nuts, mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. It just means like. The whole thing, right? Every part of it from beginning to end. Yeah. Right. That's it. Exactly. From beginning from to end. Completely. Oh, good one, Al, because I have no idea. I don't, I've never thought to look this one up. Well, do you know why I looked it up? Mm, did we go, cause did you go to a soup place called Soup to Nuts? No. Oh. Although I always think about it when I, when I go to Nuts to You, you know? Oh, that's yeah. That's another yeah. one. That's no. So I've been watching so much home movies at night again mm, mm-hmm. and that's their production company super oh, nuts and yeah, it always right. like it like shakes Whoa, the can that's so cool yeah so it's just been like subliminally pumping into my head for like months now i wish anyone from the adult swim show home movies could would hear this oh podcast. i know i know we just like, need to contact someone from that show I know. I would it's just the like, best thing ever. I would just like to say that we are your number one fans. I'm exactly, pretty sure. Like yeah. we are. I, 
I've never met anyone who's more into home movies than us. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've never met anyone. It's such a it's such a sleeper. Like people it does not get the recognition it Send deserves. Send us an email, don't be an idiot at gmail.com if you worked on home movies or if you even watch home movies. Like you've seen every episode at least once. I have seen them over and over again. <laughs> like I can't remember my driver's license number, but I can remember what Coach McGurk is saying. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> driver's license. That's such a long number. <laughs> the point of memorizing that i don't know if you're like stuck in the alps naked <laughs> it's not gonna get you anywhere you can't like cat you don't have any pockets mm. all right so um i'm gonna guess the origin of soup to nuts because i don't know it and um this is how we pass the time <laughs> yeah what, it's one of the parts we're not whittling it's like one of the five parts yeah this show's got a lot of parts and, and they all work perfectly together so if i had to guess like when this became a phrase, I definitely think it's American. Sounds like foods involved. You know, people are getting all paunched out. Soup and nuts are food. Yes, bells are ringing. Um, you know what I'm just realizing right now while you're thinking of the idiom? Like I can't believe no, because you know it's like you hit Thanksgiving and then it's like boom, you are in the holiday season, right? Yeah. And then it's all Christmas, Christmas. Like, has anyone ever done anything about, like, Santa, like, fighting or eating the Thanksgiving turkey and being like, I'm devouring you because people <laughs> like you as a holiday, but I am the holiday. I'm like, I'm like Zeus of holidays. I am the god of gods of holidays. Like, do not fuck with Christmas. And what was the question? Like, I just feel like. There should be something where it's like an animated calendar or something where it's like a turkey waddles <laughs> over into December and then Santa is like... So was your initial like question, does anything it. like that exist? Yeah, like, no. I feel like there's not Dude, stuff Dude, people about, out like, there are like, does an animated calendar <laughs> <laughs> of these specific images that I've had in mind, does that exist already? No. Without even having to look it up, I can tell you it doesn't. No, but I'm saying like the concept in general, like you know, Santa, Santa devouring like, a, like a Christmas turkey. has like a, a like a mascot, and then Thanksgiving has a Thanksgiving mascot. Thanksgiving has the tea up to the to the. I know Christmas it is, season. and but I'm just saying like, and Christmas literally devours Thanksgiving every single year. But like we don't, I don't see enough stuff where like Santa is just like killing or eating a turkey. Yeah. Okay. Like this is a good idea. I, 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 get, it. <laughs> I get it. Um. All right. So yeah, Albert's got Godzilla on the brain. If anyone out there wants to just draw that or animate it and somehow send it to us, right? Just email us at our. Don't we'll be give you a cut. We'll give you points. All right. Moving on. So <laughs> let's let's get into the history and the origin guessing. So, um, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go right to like 1920. America, mm -hmm. New York shitty. All right. Right? We're yeah. in the Bronx or whatever. Yeah. And there is a guy who's, um, like, whatever. It's a guy who lives on a city street, and there's a market there. And right. It's a couple of uh, New York Italian guys. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter what the market's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what a, like, uh. The sign fell off. Angelo's Grossorama. Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, Rocky Rocco comes by one day, and <laughs> he's Rocco. not ever worked. He's not worked a day in his life. And yet, somehow, he still has money. Yeah, but 
but he wants he likes Angelo's the whole thing Angelo's got going on with the the market and because it's like familiar. And it's familiar. And he's been going and since he was a kid everyone, with his mom. But everyone loves this guy. He's like, if I had if I had his market, that'd be a good job. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start my own market. No. So because people are gonna go to Angelo's. Yeah, of course. So um, this this character Rocco, this guy, real guy who existed. <laughs> this character. He goes to Angelo and he's like. Um, <laughs> I bet I can kick that tomato can further than you. And Angelo is like, are you kidding me? I've been kicking tomato cans since before you were born. <laughs> um, and what he doesn't know is that. Uh, Wait, if, uh, is it whoever kicks the can the farthest wins something? Yeah. What do they get? They get the store? The store. Whoa. Yeah. And the way that it was arranged, it was, you know, the soup, the bread, the canned goods, the candy. Uh, and the nuts. The nuts. Dude. So we're yes. talking. I'm talking soup to nuts. Dude. This is mine. on with that guest. Mine's going to be such crap compared to that. This story so, has got an arc. What Angelo didn't know is that Rock, Rocco had rigged the can. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had a steel tip boot. He uh-huh. thought, you know, because of, cause this is like a cartoon and probably both of our heads. Right. It's gonna help. So anyway, they do the whole the thing. The old steel tip. Rocco kicks this thing just past, you know, past the boulevard, all the way past. Sure. And he, he took the play of soup to nuts, and it was in all That's the papers it? because he changed it to Rocco's Market, Rocco's Grocerama, and um, and it was in all the papers. People were so upset because, and also Rocco <laughs> just let it. He you know it fail in He's two like, weeks. A deal's a deal. <laughs> In two weeks, the whole place had fallen apart because he wasn't ordering. He stuff. like didn't know how to run <laughs> a market. No he's like, he thought someone else did all the work. Oh uh, yeah, he's like, I left all the ice trays open, <laughs> so the meat got bad. <laughs> ice trays. All right. Anyway, uh, we're about twenty-five minutes in, and no one's heard an origin of an idiom yet. So Albert, tell us where, oh my where God. nuts come right. from. Right. Oh my God. Okay. So. Uh, Man, that Rye, that story was so good. No, that's not where it comes from. There's this uh, reference in the OED from 1910. It's from a book called One in the Ninth by uh, Christy Mathewson. It was like a pitcher. And they said that he knew the game from soup to nuts. Did you say this was 1910? That's what cool. this quote okay. is from, right? Okay. But that is not even the oldest. Oh. You know, because I was like, you know, ba- that was like a baseball thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of sports and baseball stuff. Baseball's got a lot of origins. For sure. Not today. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> you mean like in previous episodes? Previous episodes, yeah. yeah. Go back. Baseball, the Navy, the church. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin. Chaucer. <laughs> Canterbury Tales. Canterbury Tales. Um, yeah. So anyway, what this is a reference to is a meal. Like a uh, like a multi course meal from mm. beginning to end. Oh, because yeah. soup is the first. Yes, often the first course soup, and they put yeah. nuts out like with the coffee back often then or at something. At the end, at the end of a meal, it would be like uh, nuts and fruits, for dessert. Oh like yeah, fruits and cheeses and stuff like that. Oh yeah, soup to nuts. That's so funny. I didn't think of that. I know like the courses it's like, of a meal. Me neither. I just don't think of nuts as a course. I guess no, I days. didn't. No, that's it. Because nuts does not seem like part of a meal. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that weird? Right. But they totally can be. If, but you know what? If anything, now you have nuts at the beginning, like like as a little hors d'oeuvre or something. Oh, yeah, right. So we're all out of whack we're all out of whack. is the problem. Things used to end with nuts. Right. But that's because they didn't have like Reese's back then. <laughs> Eating Reese's is part of a five-course meal. <laughs> it would be on my cruise liner. <laughs> Okay. We're going to start with a Reese's and uh, a couple Reese's milkshakes in the middle and uh, end with a Reese's. Yeah, I'd like my money back. I can't eat this for 15 I'm, days. I'm the customer. All right. All right. So soup to nuts in the 1910s right, and yeah. earlier. That okay. was the, the meal. All right. There's a the earliest believed reference in writing. 1852. Something called oh. a, a flying shot at the United States in the Dublin University magazine. Mm. They're describing a dinner at this place called the Irving House mm-hmm. in a hotel in New York City. Mm. All right. So it's like. Wait, but it's in an Irish. It's in a Dublin publication or it was an American publication called Dublin. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's the Dublin University magazine. Mm. But this the this title of it is a flying shot at the United States. So I think. Somebody from Dublin went and dined mm-hmm. at a New York hotel. Okay. Which I'm just putting together right now. <laughs> but that makes sense, right? But maybe there's a Dublin university in New York is what I'm asking. Maybe there's a... But why would they be talking about the United States? Because New York is in the United States. Right. It seems like this is an outside looking in sort of thing. Yeah, okay. And because they're talking about... They're like describing this big chaotic multi-course meals that the um hotels would would have yeah i think it was like kind of like a fancy affair sort of thing yeah and um they would i guess it was really chaotic because people you had to be quick about getting your courses because people would just take like they'd be like yeah waiter waiter like they would just grab it all up because i think you would like sit at like a big table and I don't think everybody was at your party. It was just like, that's how they did it in New York back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So the courses wow. would be coming around and uh, so there's this guy. Sounds fun. It, do- it does sound fun. Plus you're smoking and you're like drinking. Like, smoking with two hands. <laughs> and then you're like, give me those, give me those lamb choppies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's doing that in New York. <laughs> this thing is bleeding raw. <laughs> Everyone's just spraying blood all over the place and turning into cartoon gangster wolves. I can see it. I can see it. All right. So the quote from this is this guy talking about the the meal. And he says, I've heard of a, a boast being made by a veteran in the art that he could get from soup to nuts in 10 minutes hmm. because he's ripping through those courses. So, oh, so yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Gotcha. So, right, so the very first use is its actual kind of like... Yeah, it literally makes makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about that's still literal. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, and then there was also just this side quote in here where they were telling a story in that um in that magazine, mm-hmm. and there was this woman who had a story about how she was going for the peas. Yeah. And this like big boy grabbed the plate of peas and took all of them. Wow. And looks at her and he's like, "I guess I'm just a whale at peas." <laughs> What is that? I guess I'm a whale at peas. Like, he knew she wanted those peas, and he grabbed them and took all of them. And then she told the magazine the story, and they wrote about it. That is wild. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. 
Could you imagine like a girl, like hearing a woman wanted some peas and you were like, give me that plate and eating all of them. Oh and God. then like looking her in the eye and saying, sorry, I'm a whale. Man, that's fucking Things weird. were different back then. A little bit. I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Maybe stuff still like that. All right. So let's take it back to the earliest figurative use. Mm-hmm. It was something called the St. Louis Dispatch. It was an account of this guy, Colonel Dyer. He was a U.S. district attorney. And he was going to visit General John McDonald. He went to jail for tax, like revenue, uh, like he wasn't paying his tax, like that, like tax problem, mm-hmm. fraud, you yeah. know? And he has this quote. He says, I have no favors to ask other than any society opposed to cruelty to animals might justly claim. I expect, Colonel, to see the whole bill of fare from soup to nuts, including the zebra suit. And it's, I'm required to put horns on my front piece and a buck's tail to my coat and will then make the gayest wild animal within the state institution. Albert, that was the first time it was used figuratively. That monologue was insane. It was the first time it was written down figuratively. What was this, this again? This guy is basically saying... Sorry to the audience. I keep forgetting this guy what is, the references are. This guy... The, the district attorney is going to the jail. DA, yeah, he's going to jail. And, and they're like interviewing him. Yeah. And he's like. Okay. And he says that whole thing. He says that whole thing. And he's Hilarious. basically saying, they're going to see. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> wow. He's like, I don't. I think he's basically saying I got nothing to hide. And I don't that, know. Oh, yeah, what was that year? 1876. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So good. And then he gets the second reference. That same dude. In 1880, when he's released from jail, <laughs> yeah, he um, after 18 months of imprisonment, McDonald said, Judge Treat gave me the whole bill of fare from suit to nuts. This I, guy has got two in a row. He does soup to nuts, goes to jail for a year and a half, and then says soup to nuts again. No, everyone no one, slept on it's it. It's so funny that everyone slept on it. Like, he tried to establish that as idiomatic and everyone's just like he did what is he talking about he fucking i just this guy's but like it's, it's but i mean eventually he did he had no, to use it right. twice but like let me it, tell you it something wasn't published anywhere else for two years that's right? what i'm saying that's why that's what i'm saying like this guy we might be the only two men in the world that could appreciate this guy like no, he was probably terrible I think, I think all of our listeners can appreciate he was probably terrible like because if you're getting busted for tax evasion, you're probably doing other dark shit too. Oh, definitely, yeah. So like, but but he is a he is a diehard like idiom creator. Idiom, yeah. That's I mean, amazing. John Wilkes Booth. He was he was terrible, but you right. Know, he's he's also an idiom uh, an idiom like a uh, superstar hero hero. <laughs> I don't want to say he's hero. like an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he wasn't getting help from uh, what's the guy that shot Kennedy? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Who's the guy that shot Kennedy? Chauncey Harper. No, it's like a three. It's like a three-word guy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What the hell is that guy? Kringle. Lee Harvey Oswald Lee Harvey and Oswald. John Wilkes Booth team yeah. up together in this sci-fi futuristic thriller. Right, where they have to Let's go. kill the presidents. <laughs> it's also a musical. Dude, what if they switch places and mm-hmm. then go and try? They're like, look, it didn't come out so good when I tried to kill Link. Well, we both succeeded, but. Right. It was let's, messy. Let's, let's do it again. I'll do Kennedy. You do Lincoln. 
I'd watch that. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah, because um, John Wilkes Booth would have to get much closer to Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A- anyway, so that was the second time it was said. First and second. Okay. All right. Cool. But here's the thing. It's actually a reference to a much older Latin phrase. Ad obo ufsk ad malum. Literally from the egg to the apples. Oh, so that means the same thing. It's the Roman custom of beginning a meal with eggs and ending with fruit. That is wild. So huh? that's a reference back to like BC. Yeah, okay. Specifically, that Roman poet Horace. Yeah. Who was like, I don't know, like 65 BC. He used the phrase in Satira 3. Eggs to fruit? Yeah. See, kobusat ab ovo usk ad mala sitaret lobak. Sitaret lobak. Oh my goodness, man. Dude, he's when you, doing when you it. read other languages. Well, I don't know the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, neither do I. But your Latin is so funny. It is funny. So, and what that means, what he said, is if he himself felt in humor, he would sing Lobach over and over mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end of the entertainment, mm. which used to be the egg to the fruit. Wow. Right. All right. All right. That's kind of it, but I had a couple awesome. little fun facts. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that the Soup to Nuts company makes uh, home, home movies. movies. Yeah. So their very first project was Dr. Katz. Oh, right. Okay. That makes um, sense. And the creator was Jonathan Katz. Right. Yeah. And Who's the father of Melissa on home movies. Which is crazy. Like I, is, I said that like a broken like, robot. I was like, home movies. Home movies <laughs> as a broken robot. But anyway, so I thought, like, so they did a bunch of stuff, including home movies, mm. but their final show was something called Astro Blast. It was like a kid's Whoa. show. They did a lot of, like, science-y kids, like, mm. kind of clever little, it seems gotcha. like they have some good stuff. Cool. But, so, from soup to nuts in the soup to nuts world would be from Dr. Katz to Astro Blast. Right. And I even nice. watched, I even watched an episode of it today. Oh, how was and guess Blast? what? Fun. The very first episode is titled Spick and Span. Oh. Which was one of the first yeah. idioms that we, like on the road trip to, when this all was incepted, that was one of the first yeah, ones we right. looked up. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But no anyway, Astro Blast was pretty cool. Like as far as like a kid's show goes, it was like, it was cute. Nice. Um, I thought you might want to know the origin of of uh, courses at a meal. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was this guy Ziryab, who was from like seven eighty nine. Ancient Greece, or it was a he imposed the practice in Moorish Spain. Whoa, okay, interesting. Having palace dinners in sequential courses of soup and then meat and then dessert. Wow. Because before that, people would always just put all the food out. Okay, so this right. guy, Zuryab, might like, have been let's the- pace it the, out. He's like, yeah, let's spread lots of little plates. Little plates, I'm imagining in a long time a from little, now, something uh, called tapas. Pool, pool, put a drumstick on my plate. <laughs> pool. Ringo, what are you what the doing? What is that? <laughs> I don't Ringo's know. <laughs> Looking good. Oh, okay. So, do you think it's cringe? Is it cringy hearing us do Beatles? No, no, they like that. Oh. Everybody loves this I'm shit. Kind of wondering. They're so high. They don't know. They're high. <laughs> Yo. So, as I was looking this up, I was I wanted to just say like, well, what was in like a traditional like course meal or whatever? And like, there's like all the way from two up to I thought I found the last meal 
They they still have the menus from the the last meal served in first class on the Titanic. It was an 11, 11 course oh, meal. Oh shit. But theirs was so Yeah, we should recreate that for Christmas, the 11 course Titanic well, meal. Get out your canapes because they're first. <laughs> So they actually had so many courses that it was like wait like soup was like it, it took Four. it took uh like gosh like it, that's in the second course is mm. the soup you yeah. have your canapes and oysters yeah. first oh. but anyway so it's like so much stuff and then uh, you get all the way down to like dessert and then they even have the after dinner cigars cigars and coffee actually <laughs> like is that kind of a course. Um, technically no. Oh, okay. The 11th is the dessert, but they, but they list it though. Yeah. Like, that's okay, part nice. of the experience. Wow. And so I was also like, so these, they have copies of these menus. Mm-hmm. They sold for like $118,000, mm-hmm. but they recreate them on Etsy and stuff like that. That's oh, the last, cool. Whoa. the last, uh, that's interesting meal ever served oh, in first class. Yeah. People class. look this up. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should open up a restaurant where every day we serve that, 11 would, be, courses that the last... would be insane. Yeah. Like, I think we'd have to be really good cooks. It was very fancy. Well, we'll just do like the the fun. Fish sticks might not and French be good. fries yeah. version. <laughs> that version. Dude, also, because I got in a bit of a Titanic like uh, rabbit hole, uh, a ticket on mm-hmm. first class one way back mm-hmm. then was seven grand, mm-hmm. which is equivalent so to a hundred grand now. Wow. Could you imagine How taking these a one hundred? They these they were the super elites. Wow! It's like. I never really thought about like how much you, how rich you would have to be yeah, to go. That's crazy. There was this place in Hong Kong that recreated the the dinner and like it was like, Whoa. Really, really wild. Looking. Whoa! Yeah, like really super fancy. Um, last thing I just want to say is that you know how like Wikipedia will give you some like references to your idiom at the yeah. bo- at the bottom. So in 1930, there was a movie called From Soup to Nuts, who starred the three guys who eventually became the Three Stooges. They mm. weren't even the Three Stooges yet. I think they were just like getting weird a little bit. Oh, and then, cool. like, So that's like the prequel, you know? Nice. And then the final, final thing, in 1928, Laurel and Hardy had a an episode Whoa. or like a short film called from soup to nuts. Oh, cool. And I, I had time tonight. Um, I love Lauren Hardy. I had time tonight. So I watched it and it was really, it was funny. Oh my God. They're so funny. So in this 18 minute movie, he falls into a cake three times among other things. <laughs> but like, I'm talking like a big cake. Wow. He falls face first into it three times throughout that. My God, dude, it was great. I was I was laughing out loud because it's like so slapstick. That's it's so, so funny. Fun. So uh, that is a wrap on soup to nuts. Nice. I did my part from soup to nuts, and now I'm done. Thank you, Albert. All right, so um, listen, there's not going to be any commercial right because now. We are paying for this ourselves. This is a fr- this is a freebie. Always has been. Um, so no sponsors. And we've got sponsors baying at the moon for us. They are, they are a bang. Ripping at the, at the door latch. But we are going to take a break and we're going to play the Thanksgiving song, um, which premiered on our last Thanksgiving episode. We wrote a song. A year ago today. Where are all the Thanksgiving songs? Swear I haven't heard one in so long. I'm just sitting here licking my fingers, 
thinking of pulling the trigger unless I hear a Thanksgiving song. Where are all the Thanksgiving songs? The turkey's almost done, but I cooked it wrong. Forgot the fucking stuffing. The mashed potatoes are chunking. The green beans are not green at all. Thanksgiving songs, someone ought to write one. If I had half a brain, I'd do it myself. Where are all the Thanksgiving songs? The joy in my life is all gone. My family still won't talk to me because of that thing in 83. I swear I never meant to hurt no one. Cut my finger, slice in the bread. Bleeding out, I am nearly dead. Now I'm up in heaven with a big old box of records And every track is a Thanksgiving song Thanksgiving songs, they're all up here in heaven So kill yourself and come join the fun Thanksgiving songs, I'm dead but I'm happy And all I need is a record player to hear all these songs Ah oh, shit, it's Thanksgiving in hell. Thanksgiving in hell. A million and one Thanksgiving songs and nothing to play them on. Boy, don't that one just get stuck in your head. It certainly does. I love that song. Certainly does. Welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. You're, should- s- you're still listening to the podcast that explores the origin stories of Phrases and idioms. They should play that song on the radio with next to every time they play Alice's Restaurant. There's got to be a limit to the amount of like <laughs> self recognition that you can give your like. <laughs> like, there's got to yeah, be a dude. limit to the no, amount no, you can no, praise no, no, yourself. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Um, Surely there's a limit. Every year, my dad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I talked about this one year ago. It's like we're like, oh, well, like, are there any Thanksgiving songs? And my dad's like. And then someone will say, Alice's Restaurant. My dad goes, it's not even a Thanksgiving song. Yeah, it's just and a I restaurant think, song. Technically, he's right. It's a restaurant <laughs> song. But there's something about that 18-minute song being on in my house on Thanksgiving with my dad being confused about it that feels very like Americana uh-huh. Thanksgiving song. Yeah, you could write a whole movie just that moment. <laughs> right. So they anyway they could play that and they could play our song next to that song. Okay. And then people could be like, now there's one Thanksgiving song on the radio. Right. Okay. And and we're and we're great. So and I'm great. Call up a radio station (laughs) and ask them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You gotta be proactive. Yeah. And no one he, out there is going to do it for He's going to be like, okay, where, how do I find this song? <laughs> be like, well, I don't know that, but I'm glad you're open to it, dear sir. Oh my God. Um, speaking if I call back tomorrow, will I get you or someone else? Because <laughs> you are very kind. <laughs> All right. Um, so Albert and I live in Philadelphia. I hope I remember to tell you this Philly anecdote that's associated with my idiom because it's pretty cool. Tell it now. No. <laughs> um, but uh, 
around here, you know, we, we live on broad, I live on broad street. Albert lives kind of a block in and, um, at any point in the night, there will be like motorcycles or like really loud cars oh, oh, yeah. or drunk people ATVs. just wailing like banshees just down broad street and uh, it will wake you up. It and, will freak you out. And you're wailing like banshees. Wailing like a banshee. That's Cry your... like a banshee. Scream like a banshee. That's my idiom. Anything with banshees. Yeah. Some, yeah. Wail, Dude, cry, cool. scream. Oh man, this is... This is going to have some monster shit. I love it. So I realized that I haven't, when in, when we first started, we would find idioms that had monsters attached to them. But and not was, always on purpose. And not always on oh, purpose. In fact, never on purpose. Yeah, never on purpose. This one is is on purpose. But well, yeah, I wanted to get back to using circle. don't be an idiom with the monster. And I would never, I actually would never call a banshee a monster, but... Um, uh, so someone's being very politically correct about <laughs> banshees. I thought banshees were like wraith women. Mm. Women aren't they? Like I feel like a banshee is like, like she's sort of see through, and mm-hmm. she's got like, you like waving like shrouds. Okay, yeah, right. Sure, I'm not gonna say anything. Maybe skeletal. I'm not gonna say anything. So, but the, they wail. The definition to scream, howl, or screech in a very loud, high pitched, and unsettling manner. Okay. Yeah. But. You even like a like a um, it doesn't have to be a person screaming though. You can compare lots of loud grating noises to to banshees. To be a banshee. I think so. Okay. So what do you think? What's your guess? I mean, I'm sorry. Ugh. The guess has is like it's it's a little obvious in a way, um, but maybe you can guess how it kind of became a phrase. I don't think it's obvious at all. Okay. I mean, I am gonna. It's gonna have to be something with a monster, maybe, or the idea of a monster. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, back a long time ago, people told a lot more spooky stories because there was no TV. That's true for sure. So I feel like what other kind of story would you really tell? Like be like, hey, want to hear a regular story about me going to like the milk market? (laughs) Nothing happened. You want me to tell that story? No, they would tell entertaining stories and ghost stories. Yeah. Like, but like that's I mean, that's really a reason why in Britain so many of the Christmas stories are ghost stories. In fact, even Christmas Carol. Right, because otherwise you'd be like, so there's a regular guy having a regular Christmas and nothing happens. You want to hear that story? Right. No. So, so okay, so this is a story that you'd hear pre-TV. Pre-TV. Around the, the fire. Wailing like a banshee. So, but why banshee is the problem? So, the... The wor- old farmer Worthington and his and his wife, mm-hmm. uh, and they had kid. They have kids. I think the kids got, got older and moved away, but they live on like a farm. Okay, and like there's like not a lot of people around, you know, because yeah, it's, it's like the old times. And um, one night, uh, the wife miss the. You just it's just misses, right? It's not like a Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Worthington wakes up to us with a start, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, because she hears this crazy sound oh, like yeah. out the window. Right. Yeah. And um, like it's 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 terrifying her, you know? Yeah. And uh, she tries to wake up Herb as the farmer and he's just like, but he just like sleeps. It's like if that rooster doesn't crow, it's he is not getting up. Oh, right. So she's just like hearing this crazy sound. 
and uh, like goes through the old farmhouse like, yeah. you know, with like a candle and the tension is building and the tension is building. But like, see, I wouldn't even go out there. I would be like, fuck that. <laughs> but like, she's like a farm woman. Uh, she's like braver strong. than me. Yeah, right. So anyway, she like goes towards the sound and um, there's a, like one of the sheep is uh, like all fucked up. Mm. Like it's mm. like mutated oh okay wow <laughs> and she's like oh that mutated one's finally started like screaming or whatever <laughs> so you know she puts it puts it out of its misery oh, you know? okay. <laughs> goes back to bed and um the next morning like she has to walk to town because like mm-hmm. just to get like stuff regular stuff yeah. i don't know she can't grow everything on the farm <laughs> she's like going to get ketchup or something mm-hmm. and like she sees a lady, like a friend of hers in the store and she's like, oh, Doris, you look a fright. You look like you haven't slept in years. And she's like, yeah, I was, I was up last night because, uh, you know, one, one, the sheep had gone bad. It was, it was, it was bad, gone bad, you know, like it was wailing, you know? Mm. And then, and then her friend's kind of like, well, I'm a bit hard of hearing, but I'm embarrassed to say so. So she's like nodding in her head mm-hmm. and she says, yes. So then she goes home and she tells her husband, and she's like, I just saw Doris Worthington. And she said that there was a banshee wailing, wailing on her. And then he's like, what the hell is a banshee? And then they just start and they're like, well, it's probably a ghost or something. So then it starts spreading around and around. Uh-huh. And then by the time he gets back to Doris, she's like, Banshee? I said bad sheep, like a bad mutated sheep. Bad sheep. But then the town's like, too late. It already (laughs) caught on. We're not going to change it now. Good. And then it just spread like a virus. And then then just kind of made its way into... Like regular language? She kept going like... She would try to ride ahead Mm -hmm. from town to town. And she would be like, you're going to start hearing about a banshee. (laughs) It's bad sheep. But it was already too late. And it's just like... That's the thing about like urban legends, man. They want... It's like a mind of their own. Well, what country is this? Is this America? Uh, Yeah, like an American farm. But like also like maybe... Maybe kind of like foreign. Maybe it's like Norway or something. Okay. Yeah, Norway. Okay, fine. And that's how the hailing of the banshees <laughs> happens. <laughs> and it's been great having y'all. You've been a great audience. <laughs> okay, so roll credit. That's <laughs> you know that as you'll come to find out, there's that's not so dissimilar from some of the the folk tales that surrounded the actual banshee. What? Uh, some some elements of the story, what? you know, farm, rural, oh, things like this. Okay, someone's feeling pretty smart over Pre-t- here. <laughs> Pre-TV, things like uh-huh. that. So before we talk about the phrase "cry like a banshee," what should we use? Do you think throughout this, whale, scream, or cry? What do you hear most? I feel like. Why do I feel like whale? Mm-hmm. Right. The like, they're all used. They're there's all something about a wailing. Yeah, it's, it's way more mournful. It's different, yeah. Than cry and scream. Cool, okay, so we'll just say um, wail like a banshee. Wail. Before we get into that or shriek. Phrase, Did you say shriek? No, I didn't. Shriek like a banshee's good. I said screech in the definition. <laughs> <laughs> I said screech. No, I like them all. Uh, we'll, we'll use wail. Yeah. Screech. Wail. So uh, we have to go back to Ireland. That's where the banshee comes from originally. It's yeah, she's a part of Irish mythology. Awesome. And so I'll tell you a little bit about this folkloric uh, character, and then I'll 
dig into it's it's like a, how it kind of got used in our language. And then there's just so many fun facts about it, but I don't think I'll have time for many of those. Well, maybe we can talk to the sponsors and get you a little more time. <laughs> All right. So the Banshee had long streaming hair, like white hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gray cloak, sometimes uh, wearing a green dress, uh, okay. sometimes well, wearing a then. white dress. But many of the descriptions suggest that she had red eyes because she's constantly crying. What? Did she like lose a baby or something? Well, so there's a few theories. It's um, like you're, on the origin. you're free again. You're right. single. Well, so listen, <laughs> some regions she's very, very tall. Some she's only one to four feet high. That is short. Which is supposed to kind of like reflect like the old age, like an old crone. Oh, ooh. But um, she's also considered of like um, sort of like a fairy woman. Mm-hmm. We've touched upon fairies in yes, Irish folklore yes, in the past. We have. Um, so, but in the 1800s, she started to be more like that Victorian ghost image that yeah. you kind of painted earlier. Yeah. I've also read, I didn't see this everywhere, but um, that she's combing her hair. Her chest hair? No, her like long gray hair Ooh, from her head. Oh, she's combing her hair. Yeah, so like as she's kind of like floating towards you, she's combing her hair, which I think is a really, I, literally, I really like that image. It's a... It's a strange one because you're like, I'm grooming myself, but also going to kill you. Or, I was, or it's I, like nervous. Right? I, was ma- I was imagining it was more like a tick from the past when yeah. she used to be alive. Yeah. She's like, mommy says I have to straighten my hat. <laughs> and that's why she's like crying. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, in pop culture, like in you know 20th century horror movies or stuff like that, the Banshee's often portrayed as being like evil or dangerous. But the Banshee is neither of those things. She is scary, but she is not supposed to be considered evil, which I thought was, I don't think. Yeah, she does that. come across as evil. Yeah. Um, one source, I think it was PBS, um, it was like a, do- a little documentary about the Banshee, had mentioned that as early as the 8th century, um, the Banshee is, has had been like mentioned. But then I saw other sources that said the first written, first time Banshee was written down was the 14th century. But either way, the Banshee's been around for a very long time. Well, that's, yeah. But still. Pretty cool. What, they just didn't write it down for that long? Well, right, that's you what- You gotta well, write well, it down. <laughs> you gotta write it down. Well, you know, but oral, most of, oral history. You well, know? I think, mo- yeah, most of, like, the early Irish history is oral. So. Totally. Plus, like, like writing it down, they're, like- Probably people were like, nah, they don't want to write that down. Nobody gives a crap about our stupid ghost. And it's like, but no, it's like, then the Grimm brothers are like, snatch. They slooped that right up. Dude, like, really, it was probably just one of those things like, nobody would care if we wrote it down. But like, no, everyone cares. Uh, I mean, people care now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Right so, now. So, um, sometimes she's portrayed as like a young and beautiful woman, sometimes a sort of older woman, but always this kind of like white you know, mystical hair. So yeah, what, what creates a banshee? There's no agreed upon answer to that. Um, sometimes it's because it was a woman who had some injustice done to her in her life, or mm-hmm. she did some bad or improper thing, um, or was a victim of violence. So it could be any of those things. You know, maybe she was a little too risque and then she became a banshee because, yeah, you know, people looked oh, down man. upon yes. prostitutes and yes. whatever. But um, that's what the men wanted, and then they act like they think it's gross. <laughs> in Gaelic, I believe in Gaelic. I, I, you know, if you speak Gaelic, you might crack me. But 
um, Banshee translates to well, they translate to fairy woman, but actually a lot of um, a lot of uh, like folklorists or like language experts have said that the she really translates to other world, which is that concept Ooh. in Irish mythology about like the the other world oh, like where the, all the supernatural like, creatures is are. Is that like and, the fairy realm? Yeah, the fairy yeah, realm. Yeah, or the yeah. So banshee actually means Dude, woman of the other that world. Other world, like the, yeah, man. Do you know that apparently if you catch like a if you find like a fairy hole, or yeah. whatever that um they're traveling through, if you put a even a very tiny piece of iron there, they can't close the door. Man, that's that would be a cruel thing to do. Yeah. Wait, no, 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 no. Because it's like if you want to go, if you want to go in oh, and yeah. check it out. Yeah. But then apparently they have like dance parties where you can't stop dancing and then you just die. What? <laughs> like from dancing. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to look this up. But you gotta you gotta put a bar of lead there because then okay. they can't close it. No matter what, they can't close it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, but Banshee legends became less common in the 16th and 17th centuries. This is probably because the British government was seizing all the land and they were like, you know, forcing them to not use their language and they were trying to stop them from spreading their oral culture. So it could be because of that, that the, those stories were not being used as much or, or passed down as often. Um, and the other thing was believe that banshees are actually for specific noble families. This is what I don't like. I don't like that you have to be nobility to have a banshee, mm. even though there are some, I listened to some like Irish folklorists and they were saying how there are people that see banshees that aren't from noble families. See, but they see them? They, like they're, Yeah, like they've had banshee experiences and they're just like regular old rural folk. Oh. You know oh. what I mean? Well, I like it better. One of those I things like, is like nobody, people only listen to the hot upper class. Like they're like, shut up, you old poor drunk. Right. It's like we we are the ones with the banshees. Yeah. But you know, so the the O families were like the McCarthy families. Like the the, the Irish names began with O and Mac. O'Malley. Uh, apparently, they had the um, <laughs> they had banshees, and these were like the ancient descendants that would appear and like make this terrible screaming sound and that would say that would be a sign that you would die the next day oh fuck that sucks so if you heard the banshee scream and you might oh that sucks but you it might be someone near you or someone else in your family or someone that's living on your on that like it could land be someone to, in tomorrow someone on the planet earth is gonna die i, no, I guarantee it was more like one of you three no, i know <laughs> dude that's crazy um, I thought you were going to say it's like when the Banshee showed up and it's like it screams. It's like, you're officially rich. <laughs> You've got a Banshee. I wish. Um, and I also thought you were going to say that like the rich houses had like they had like house Banshees. Like they're like, this is the crest of O'Malley's Banshee. Like, no, but like a Harry Potter they would say school it, or something. In a way, but they would say there was a specific Banshee for each of the noble families. Well, you know, like, can you imagine like, you know, everything is a trend, right? So it's like. You get this noble family that has this experience. You know, experience. we get forewarned about our deaths, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. They're like, fucking everyone's listening to the the O'Malley's here. They get, they're so cool. They're so goth. They have a fucking banshee. And then it's like, of course. It's like, yeah, we got a banshee, but he wears purple striped pants. <laughs> and then they're like, fuck, why didn't we think of that? Oh, my God. Dude, yeah, totally. And then we could just buy like banshee portraits. I would want one. 
Well, anyway, sometimes they would... Um, <laughs> I thought this was a little spooky. Sometimes they're described as also, like, instead of just moaning and wailing, they're also clapping. Wouldn't that be scary? Oh, my God. That's weird. Like, are they applauding you? I, it's not like an applause, but they're just, like, clapping their hands. That is weird. I think that's spooky. Well, clapping is like... I don't know. Right. I don't know. So a couple of th- other things about the Banshee is that, well, you know, the relationship of death and the female characters of the women in Irish mythology have always played a really important role. Like there's this ancient Celtic battle goddess called Katabadva, also known as Bive. And mm. a variant of her name happens to be the Southeastern Irish name for Banshee. So Whoa. it's also believed that maybe from this goddess came the Banshee myth. Cool. Yeah. Um, because some Banshee stories, the, they they do this death scream um, before wars happen. Uh-huh. So some warriors have kind of associated with their, their own demise from hearing the Banshee scream. What? And that goddess, her name is sometimes like Banshee, and she's the battle goddess. Damn, son. One other element. And she's like, I'm, I'm the battle goddess. If yeah. you hear my scream, you are effed. You're, you're going to die very soon. And many of you are going to die. Yeah, that is cool. There's also this thing called keening, which I, I feel like I've seen in other cultures because I've watched some old Italian movies and, and I've seen this and I didn't know what it was. And then I read about it and I was like, oh, maybe this is the same thing. But it's this Irish tradition. It was a rhythmic wailing and mourning performed by women as part of the death ritual. So say Whoa, say your you say. say your um your son died or something. Great, you I'm would free. Hide, <laughs> and you were like mourning. Your family would basically they would hire these keening women, and it was this group of women would come over and like familiar. sort of scream and wail and cry Jesus. for days. So often this was aristocratic families that could afford to buy the keening women. Dude, that's crazy. And it was just, and it was a very disturbing thing for people to see. And if people out in the country didn't know what they were, they would they thought they were banshees sometimes. Oh my god, dude, that's crazy. You'd be like, you know what? So I I'm rich, my kid just died. I want to express my grief, but you do it. Yeah. In a, in a big way. In a big way. And I just think hearing all those women's voices would be really um just so surreal. But it was supposed to be cathartic for the families. Yeah, that they're sounds ex- they're really... They're like emphasizing or expressing the grief in this totally. very um, oral way. Totally. Like, it's like, I can't express the grief myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to like... Yeah, that is that is very cool. Yeah. I wonder so, how much they make. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe not a lot because... Or they paid them in alcohol sometimes because um, they often oh, yeah. were Party. so witchy looking themselves. Like, disheveled... They would choose to walk through fields instead of down the roads. So they would get all the brambles in their dress and shit. <laughs> so many brambles. They're like, this is going to get me some keening spots. You yeah. watch and see. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I did want to say that... In existence. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I, w- I wanted to say that um, I did find... It, this is apparently the last existing recording of a woman keening. Um, it was recorded in 1960, and You're I found play it? yeah, I found an audio of it. Yes, um, but it's just one woman doing it by herself, and it was I think it was in County Cork, and uh, where these were filmed, or um, it was a uh, like folk singing from um, Aran, the uh, like the west of Ireland. Neat. Yeah. So here it is, uh, Bridget Mullen. 
Song for the Dead. Oh no, thing writes itself. I love it. That is crazy, man. So that's the last existing recording of a woman keening, I which I see, thought was unbelievable. I can see why they're not recording a lot of new keening. <laughs> but it is an untapped market, so if you think you got the, the stones, you should go for it. That was funny. Dude, we should create a keening like album. Okay, yeah. Only a very few people that. will appreciate. <laughs> oh no, dude! Think about it. We could have the we could have the last recorded Keening album if we just record after this lady. Sure, I mean, you know, our ancestors are half Irish. Totally, we can lay claim to some Keening. Surely, absolutely. Um, I wanted to say, <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> I think you wanted to say, oh no, I don't want the show to end. That's pretty much it for the the um, history of the Banshee. Um, I did find a firsthand account. It was this 90-year-old woman. Someone had had filmed this 90-year-old Irish woman recounting a tale from like 50, like 50 years ago or something. Right. Or 60 years ago. See, and that's that's when her memories still work. Those those memories are locked in. Right. That's what I realized about my memory. You know how we don't have a brain anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember things from when I was like younger. Like I can, I have stuff memorized still. Yeah. Like I watched Drop Dead Fred and I was mouthing every line. Yeah, of course. But I, I did that I with the Donnie Darko today. Every oh, single nice. line, I was like, right. Oh, I could never do that. With never new. Never. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's that's my theory is that my short term memory is gone. <laughs> well, this woman was yeah in her nineties. I think this. It seems like this probably happened in the early fifties. But she was just telling about this man who worked on her at her family's forge. He met this woman and they got married and they were in love, but uh, she couldn't have kids. And so she was like, she just like was loved this woman's children. And, but one day she got the flu and she died oh. and, um, and she like always visited her children and like, just like loved them so much probably cause she couldn't have any of her own. Sure. And so, um, one year later to the day when she died, um, this woman says that they were going to bed and all of a sudden a screaming surrounded the house. Wow. And it got louder and louder until it, the screaming burst through the door, filled the house and went out a window. The screaming the burst through the door. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Explain so, that science. Right. With your Doppler radar. And so she, her and her husband heard this and told a friend like, well, you know, <laughs> It was probably just like a, a barn owl or something like that. A barn owl. <laughs> Screeching owl. But one year later to the day. After that. It happened again. Oh, God. But this time her son was older and heard it too. Uh-huh. And then the next year on the same day, she heard it again and thought it was her, her son and his friends playing around. Ooh. But she asked him the next day and he's like, that wasn't us. Whoa. And then, um, and then a year after that, <laughs> no, then so then she heard her the priest in her um, church talking about being visited by a spirit. And if anyone ever had that 
feeling, you know, to come talk to him. And so she told him about this and, um, he said a prayer or had a mass for her and then it never happened again. Uh-huh. But anyway, I want to retell it. He story should have been like, you're the devil. That's what the problem is. You're the devil. And that's why you're getting screamed at every year. <laughs> that's funny. Die, Banshee woman. Oh my God. Um, anyway, I thought I just thought it was nice. That's having, a great it was nice story. having a first-hand Shit. account from a woman who had experienced, who believes she experienced a banshee. I'm just um, glad people are listening to me. And in that case, no, there's no nobility or like family lineage thing happening at all. No. So, um, I want to just mention how how did it enter the language colloquially, and the only thing I could find, this is the only thing I could find, like just on the internet, was that it kind of started being used as a phrase in the 1800s. Um, but there were no references to where it first came up or, you know, um, who started using it. So I did some sleuthing through the databases at your um, school, through my library. Damn it. He's got like this extra, (laughs) he's got like this extra ability to get shit. This was really cool. So I went into, cause like there's like 50 different collections you can click on. And this was J store. It's like an example of like one of the things you could go to. Yeah. Yeah, there's like critical essays and stuff. Sure. And then, so I went to a newspaper's archive. The microfiche. And um, it was all 19th century papers, uh-huh. newspapers. So I like typed in like a banshee and it brought up every newspaper from the 1800s that mentioned it. Oh my God. Yeah. And so one of the late ones was 1897, um, but it was used as a um, like kind of like in conjunction with a ghost story like a uh, woman was like a banshee yeah but so that's not really how we're using it like the the screaming through the night so in ni- 1874 there was a story called kyle griffiths and this was the quote and far overhead a gull flew by with a long shrill scream like the wail of a banshee yeah so then they're using it like in that simile way but at least it's being you know totally compared to a gull 10 years earlier 1864 um there was a for the American Navy, this Civil War era gunship was called the Banshee. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. So then I, since it was like a manual from 1864 for the Navy. So then I texted Patrick, my brother-in-law, who's in the Navy. And um, he had mentioned that a lot of different ships and like helicopters, I think he said, are named after Banshees. Interesting. Which is which makes sense that because sounds like familiar. well, like dude, a if, a, if a banshee is something that's noisy that is a, a harbinger of your own death, like think oh, what, yeah, about a gunship or like a helicopter that's or like a jet, like yeah. one of those fighter jets, the right. banshees. So in a way, like if you hear it, it's a terrifying noise, and then then you know, you're you're then fucked you're pretty much. <laughs> um, dude, could you imagine having like some high tech like American? Uh, fucking machine coming after you like the, right. like the government the government's like we gotta get you right now and it would be like right now <laughs> yeah we, they, if they like wanted to spend the money we're done yeah we're done <laughs> um and then the so this is the oldest mention that i could find in my research and i thought it was fun because i didn't see this anywhere online okay and it's from 1841 it's a is a, a newspaper called South Carolina Temperance. So I have a feeling it has something to do with anti-drinking prohibition so, sort of stuff. But this this Boom. is 1840. It's like a really long time ago. Um, that is, a long and it time was ago. from an article titled "It's Only a Drop," 
And this is the, uh, the sentence. I think he's carrying his, his dead baby or something. Oh, shit. Oh, how I run to the doctors with what had been my baby. I tore across the country like a banshee. I laid it in his arms. I told him if he didn't put life in it, I'd destroy him and his house. He thought me mad, for there was no breath in her cold or hot. Whoa. Uh, so did he bring him back to life? No, the baby ends up dying. Ooh. <laughs> He's but- like, and now I'm going to give your house the tornado. <laughs> Here I come. He's just like whirling around. Um, so that's that's it. That's all I could find. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like a banshee. I do have some fun facts. Do we have time for that? It's been it's been a while. Uh, let me see. Gary in the booth says two thumbs up. Let's hear him. All right, real quick. Kings Island, Ohio, there's an amusement park with a banshee roller coaster, and every Halloween they have a scream like a banshee contest. Fun. Found a reference to it in SpongeBob SquarePants. And Squid- oh, yeah. What is it? Um, Squidward's yelling at SpongeBob because he's like making all this noise. <laughs> and then he goes, Squidward, a banshee screams like this. And then he does this like really horrifying screech. <laughs> yes. There was a Marvel character called Banshee. Who okay. Like, he was, and he was an Irish mutant. Perfect. Right. Um, there was a Vincent Price film called Cry of the Banshee, which is about a witch. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Close enough. I found this movie. Have you ever heard of Darby O'Gill and the Little People? It was a 50s Walt Disney live action movie based what? on these Gaelic stories. What? It's crazy. The, uh, a young Sean Connery is in it. And there was a scene. Sean with, Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene with the Banshee and it's actually freaky. Sweet. This guy's like running through this like kind of dark like lightnings happening. And he's like kind of running in these castle ruins looking for this this girl. And he's like screaming her name and the banshee shows up and she's combing her hair and she, oh, she's nice. like really freaky. Like how they go, right? They stick with that tradition of the hair combing. That's nice. Exactly. And then um, Susie and the Banshees, early 80s London punk band. Any good? Spellbound. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay, yeah, cool. they're like, you know, post-punk kind of shit. Banshee's a good one. You know, that there was a Banshee in the uh, in that board game, that monster board game we yeah. got. And I realized when we got it, I was like, I really just don't know. I really don't know much about a Banshee. It's you know, like a female-ish form. It feels good to know, like right? Wraith. Yeah, no, it, it does. Uh, you know what? It probably doesn't get him much attention because it's a woman ghost. Oh, shit. Good point. Which is like, that's part of why she's crying in general. Right. Treated still, unfairly. Still. One of the... One of the um, articles that I found in that like 19th century database was from 1897. It was a, it was about something that happened. There was it's called the old lady of the hearth. This old lady lived at 16th and more. Holy shit, that's close. Old lady lived there. She died. The family that moved into the house next, every time they went to the basement, they saw an old lady weeping in the corner of the basement. Oh man. And they were getting freaked out. And they were going to move every time they went down. She was there. Dude. The the wife said, let's maybe do something nice. To, maybe she needs something. And so like they left food or like did something. And it, she stopped wailing. That and, is insane. And she kept continued to be there, but she was happy. She wasn't crying anymore. What the so fuck? So they, at one point in it, they refer to her as a banshee. And um. So for our listeners, this is two blocks away from oh our house. Oh my god, dude! Where I like where we both live because it's kind of like right in between us. Could you imagine? You'd be like, we got the house because the basement. Like now we can't even go fucking down there. It's like now she's happy, but it's like every time it's a twenty minute conversation. I just want to get a jar of chutney. <laughs> chutney. <laughs> that would be so like 
You don't want to see them every time. Oh my god, dude, that's fucked. I'll tell you what, like you hear a go. All right, you hear, I've never seen a ghost. Have you ever seen a ghost? Mm, no. I when you hear ghost stories, you have this image in your head that, to me, when I think about it, it's something completely like some a reference from a movie or something else. Like you have this sort of vibe about it. But dude, when you were telling that story, I had this flash like. What if it felt really like a woman is in your basement wailing every time you go down there? That's fucked. That is horrifying. That would be so scary. That's horrifying. Like, <laughs> I, that would be so scary. I would move in the second time it happened. I'd be like, well, you know, burn it down. <laughs> we got the insurance, right, honey? What? <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So that's a wrap on Like a Banshee. So guys, that's try great. to use that at some point today. Try to use, use mine too. Soup to, Soup nuts. to nuts. And uh, or give yourself three days. Three days. Yeah. By by episode eighty five, we want to hear from you. Alright, I hear the countdown. The countdown's back, everybody. Love the countdown. Sorry about that. Um, but we hope we had a great you know, happy happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, mm. and until next time, don't don't be, be an idiot, idiot. you dirty rat. Sure.